Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Ko. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Hello, friends. Christine here. I really want you to sit back and lean into today's bonus episode, a sponsored conversation in partnership with the global healthcare company, GSK. I know there are so many things to think about right now, and while COVID-19 vaccinations are top of mind, there's another crucial vaccine parents of adolescents and young adults really need to know about, the vaccinations for meningococcal disease, also known as meningitis. Okay, now before you're like, whoa, this sounds like a lot, let me tell you why I care about kids getting this vaccination. Not surprisingly, it involves a personal story. A few years back, I attended a conference where I learned about meningitis from Jamie Shanbaum, a GSK spokesperson and meningitis survivor, and her mother, Patsy. The spirit of these two women is simply amazing. Jamie was 20 years old and a college student when she was rushed to a hospital and diagnosed with meningitis. Jamie survived, but the infection led to amputation of her legs and fingers. Despite these losses, Jamie has basically crushed life since recovering from the disease. She's an advocate for meningitis vaccination, worked to pass Texas Senate Bill 819, the Jamie Shambaum Act, that requires meningitis vaccination for college students in Texas, and performed on the USA Paralympic cycling team in 2011. I mean, honestly, what? So awesome. I was so moved by Jamie and Patsy's story that while I was at this conference, I texted my husband to ask him to check that one of our kids, who was in the age range for the ACWY vaccination, had received the vaccine, and I made sure to ask about her meningitis B vaccine at her last well visit. But that's the thing. I had to ask, and I've talked to a lot of parents who have never heard of this vaccine. So today, I want to introduce you to a rock star doctor who will fill you in on the medical details you need to know. Dr. Len Friedland is a dad, pediatrician, and research scientist, and serves as vice president, director, scientific affairs, and public health for GSK vaccines. He is super passionate about helping kids and adults stay healthy. Let's have a listen. Dr. Len Friedland, hello. I'm so delighted to talk to you. Welcome to the show. Uh, Thanks, Christine. It's always great speaking with you and speaking to your audience as well. So important. Yes, so important. You know, let's dive right in because we have, um, you know, just before um, we hopped on here, I talked a little bit about why you know, this topic of meningitis means so much to me personally and how much I've learned from you all. Um, But, you know, you're the medical expert, so (laughs) I wanted to get the facts from you. So my first question for you is let's talk about the basics. You know, what age of kids, you know, do we need to be concerned about for the meningitis vaccines? Yeah, that's a great place to start. So Christine, let's, you know, first talk about the disease. So we're talking about meningococcal disease, uh, often referred to simply as meningitis. And uh, meningococcal disease, it's uncommon, but it's a serious illness, a very serious illness that can cause life-threatening complications and even death. Now, the disease itself is caused by a bacteria called Neisseria meningitidis, and that bacteria, it's carried, it lives in the nose and in the back of the throat. And because it lives in the nose and the back of our throats, it can get spread from saliva and from close contact, from from respiratory secretions, from 
people being around each other and sharing mm -hmm. uh, from one nose to another. Now, the early symptoms of this type of meningitis, they can be very similar to influenza. Um, and so people can be confused. But the difference here is that with this type of meningitis, it progresses really quickly and can be fatal, as, as we said. Sometimes people will die within 24 hours of the first onset of not feeling well. Of those who are lucky enough to survive, one in five of these meningitis survivors will have long-term consequences, such as brain damage related to the meningitis or amputations related to sepsis uh, from this. Other complications can include uh, hearing loss and other nervous system problems. And speaking about the death again, because it's just so important, of those who get this type of meningitis, one in 10 will die despite the best treatments that we have here in, in 2021. And sometimes these deaths can occur within 24 hours of first starting. So it comes on really fast mm -hmm. and can be very serious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so let's um, loop back to that, that question. You know, um, we have parents of all ages, of kids of all ages rather. And so, you know, what are the target groups, um, you know, for these vaccines? Yeah. So the, the first message is that Anyone can get this type of meningitis, but the rates of the disease of this type of meningitis, they peak in adolescence. And there's an increased risk among teenagers and young adults between the ages of 16 and 23. So basically we're concerned in particular about high school and college age students. And teens and these young adults, they're at increased risk for contracting this type of meningitis because it spreads through common behaviors of our adolescents and, and young adults, such as living in close quarters, like in college dormitories, or kissing or sharing drinks, sharing their saliva, their secretions, sharing utensils, and even the smoking devices that are used. So this risk is in our adolescents and young adults because of the type of close activities that they have and the way this bacteria is spread from person to person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so, you know, you were just talking about symptoms just a few minutes ago, um, some major things. And, you know, one of the sort of tricky things I think right now, especially is that, um, you know, there's a lot else going on in the world. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I was wondering if you could talk about the major things that differ, you know, for meningitis versus say flu or COVID. I know you had a story I recall about uh, one of your kids calling from college um, about symptoms. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to share that. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll share that both from a parent's perspective, but let's first start from the, the doctor's perspective. So um, the early symptoms of this type of meningitis um, can be very similar, as I mentioned, to the influenza, um, but they can progress very, very quickly and be fatal, as we spoke about, sometimes within 24 hours. So the early signs and symptoms can be a high fever, a mm -hmm. severe headache, aches and chills, and as meningitis starts to develop, you can develop a stiff neck. And as the sepsis part of this disease happens, you can have this dark purple rash that typically occurs on, on the trunk and the arms and the legs. But when these signs and symptoms first start, most adolescents are going to think, I just have something that's common, like whatever cold virus is circulating at that time of year where they're living. Or if it's in the middle of the winter, they'll think they have the flu. Or today, they may think, oh, maybe I have the beginning of, of COVID. But what distinguishes this is that it progresses so quickly and so rapidly 
and that's concerning. So that's from the doctor perspective because doctors and nurses and we have to be on our toes when somebody presents with something that you would think would be a mild illness, but we're always thinking, could it be something more severe? Mm-hmm. That's important. From a parent's perspective, we have to be concerned as well. And so my personal story is um, my son uh, was a, a college student, um, not anywhere close to where I live. And so he called in the middle of the night. It really was like three in the morning. And basically the message was, dad, I have the worst headache of my life. And that's concerning because I know that the worst headache of your life can be an early sign or symptom of this type of meningitis. He's a college student. He's in close quarters. He's around other people. They're sharing everything. Mm -hmm. And okay. But then I said to myself, uh, right, we all do that. We speak to ourselves. I said, self, um, is he up to date on his vaccines? And I know that he was up to date on the two different types of meningitis vaccines for our adolescents, and young adults, the ACWY vaccine and the B vaccine. And the B vaccine I was particularly concerned about because it's the B type of this meningitis, B as in boy, that's caused all of the outbreaks on college campuses since mm-hmm. 2011. And so I knew that he'd been vaccinated. And so what I said to him was, I'm going to call you in an hour and see how you're doing um, because I know that this progresses rapidly. And so we spoke again an hour later and another hour later. And then it was pretty clear to me that things weren't getting worse mm. and that it was likely, you know, who knows exactly what it was, but it wasn't the meningitis. But had he not been vaccinated, I would have uh, asked that he go immediately to the emergency department to be seen because I know that this is one of the ways that this disease uh, can progress. And the thing about this, uh, Christine, is that this type of meningitis can be very hard to recognize, especially early on in the first few hours, the first eight hours or so of the illness. It can just look like anything else. And, And that's why it's so hard to treat because when people do show up to the emergency department or to their doctor's office, it's often 12, 18 hours into the illness. And at that point they have the signs and symptoms of of full-blown meningitis or flu-blown sepsis. And then it's very, very hard to treat. And that's why, unfortunately, we have up to one in five people will die from this disease within 24 hours of onset. And I'm sorry, uh, uh, 10 to 15% will die within 24 hours of onset. And one in five who survive will have lifelong complications. Wow. Uh, that, you know, as a parent who has a kid applying to college this year, you know, this, uh, this will be a lot to think about, you know, <laughs> I will be playing well, out that scenario. I hear um, you. But the, the good thing is there's things we can do to, to um, help protect our teenagers and there, then that's there sure vaccination. Are. Exactly. And we are up to date. So let's talk about those two vaccines, actually. Um, you know, there are two types. And I was wondering, because I know there are a lot of parents who are unaware or confused about these um, vaccinations. Could you outline in the simplest terms who should mm-hmm. be getting them and when? Absolutely. So let's start with the last part of your question first. Who should be getting them and when? And then I'll talk about what the vaccines are. So this type of meningitis vaccination for meningococcal disease, there are two different types of vaccines. One's for ACWY and one's for B. And we'll come back to that in just a minute. But for these two different vaccines, they're both these two different types of vaccines. They're both recommended for adolescents and also for young adults um, for the B type as well. And it's important that we get these uh, vaccines. So one is for ACWI, that's four different groups of this vaccine in one. 
And that vaccine has been recommended beginning back in 2005 here in the United States with the first dose given at age 11, 12, and a booster dose given at age 16. Mm-hmm. And so your your teenagers, everybody's listening, your teenagers and young adults, they most likely would have received this meningitis ACWI vaccine when they were younger, starting at age 11, 12, and then a booster dose at 16. The other vaccine for group B, as in boy, this vaccine has been available and recommended since 2015, so more recently, and many fewer adolescents and young adults have received this vaccine. It is recommended for people between the ages of 16 and 23, preferably beginning at age 16 to 18. And here's the other thing about these vaccines. While many colleges require the meningitis ACWY vaccine prior to college entry, the meningitis B vaccine, which I mentioned, has only been recommended since 2015. Most colleges still do not require the meningitis B vaccine. Mm. And then if we look further at the actual data, like how many of our adolescents in the United States have received a meningitis B vaccine, only about one in five have received a meningitis B vaccine, at least one dose since 2019. And so there are two different vaccines, one for ACWI, one for B. They're both recommended to help protect against this type of meningitis. The ACWI vaccine is given at age 11, 12 with a booster dose at 16. The B as in boy vaccine is recommended for 16 to 23 year olds, preferably 16 to 18. And the B vaccine, Christine, is a two dose vaccine. So it's important to remember that when you get your first dose, hopefully at age 16 to 18, you follow up and get that second dose as your your doctor recommends. Wonderful. Thank you for outlining that so clearly. Um, I will also link in the show notes to the website that has all this information, including a very like simple graphic for those who (laughs) absorb that kind of information um, that way. You know, my last question for you, um, Dr. Len, is, you know, obviously this has been such a difficult time. A lot of people have you know, had to reschedule or delay or just haven't rebooked well visits or other kind of medical appointments, you know, um, what should parents do, especially, you know, right now, urgently, especially those who may have delayed their vaccines during the pandemic? Well, they shouldn't worry. They should go ahead and take action and just get their adolescents and young adults up to date with all of their recommended vaccines. So it's never too late especially if they were delayed because of the way that we were seeking healthcare during the pandemic. We know that wellness visits for adolescents uh, uh, declined compared to the same time previous year. So now's the time to, to get caught up. So I'm really glad we're talking today because it's really important that parents and, and others who care for you know teenagers and young adults, that they, they have the information about these vaccines and so you can be prepared when you have a discussion, you know, with your healthcare provider or with anybody who's giving you health advice. If you're on college campus, it would be, you know, with the student health center. And so uh, really my advice would be schedule a wellness visit now. Um, if it hasn't happened, go ahead and, and get it scheduled. Speak to your doctor about all the vaccines that are recommended for, for teenagers and young adults especially about the meningitis vaccines, because we know only about one in five of our adolescents have received at least one dose of the meningitis B vaccines. So ask them about the meningitis B vaccines and all of the routine vaccines that are recommended for, for, the, for the age of your teenager or young adult, uh, because if you did miss them during the pandemic, 
Now's the time to go ahead and get caught back up. And, and I think if I was to summarize this in one thing, when you ask that question, ask, the, ask your doctor, um, has my child received both the ACWY meningitis vaccine and the B as in boy meningitis vaccine? So get that information and then take the opportunity to ask about all the other vaccines that are recommended as well. You know, we, we don't want there to be uh, disease outbreaks. We don't want anybody to come down with the vaccine preventable disease uh, because they missed the opportunity during the pandemic. Now's the time to, to go ahead and, and, and correct for that and get everybody caught up. Wonderful. Dr. Friedland, thank you so much for taking the time to um, share your knowledge and your story, your personal story as well. It's This is such an important um, topic and I'm grateful for your experience and wisdom here. Thank you so much. Okay, friends, now is the time to schedule those delayed or skipped well visits. As many of you know, I have been highly cautious through this pandemic and barely go anywhere, but among those rare outings are medical offices and they have been seriously amazing in their safety protocols. Talk to your child's doctor about the meningitis B vaccination and all the routine vaccines your child may have missed during the pandemic. And if you have a kid in college, make sure you send them back to college vaccinated. Visit www.meningitisb.com. We'll link it in the show notes for more information and resources to bring to your child's next well visit. Thank you so much for tuning in for this important conversation.